sure that they, there were more than four downs run, so they may have See, run five downs. Instead of the game being over, it appears that the Redskins get the fifth down. And the cat is elusive. He's walking. He's walking to the three. He's at the two. Fielding the cat runs into the end zone. That is a touchdown. Snap. Placement. Kick by Hartley. And it is. It is good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> Pigs have flown. Hell is frozen over. The Saints are on their way to the Super Bowl. Welcome to the fifth down brought to you by the enemy of the good podcast network. I'm the captain and with me is Tootsie. Hello. Week four of the NFL in the books. Let's go ahead and take a look at that Thursday night debacle. Um, We had the Broncos uh, winning that game with 37 to the Jets at 28. Um, The highlight of the game is Sam Sam Darnold uh, sacking himself. (laughs) He backpedaled, tripped over himself. Fell down, and that was the end of it. Um, The bright spot, I guess, is the Broncos is Melvin Gordon is still a really good running back. So there's that. Uh, Other than that, not really much to say about this. All right. So next we have the Bengals and the uh, Jaguars. Uh, That game finished 33 to 25. Uh, First win for Joe Burrow. Um, His third 300-yard game, which is a rookie record in the first four weeks of the season. Joe Mixon still running it. You know, he had 25 carries for 151 yards and two touchdowns. Tyler Boyd, seven receptions for 90 yards. He did not get into the end zone, but still a pretty strong showing, you know, for the Yeah, him and and Burrow have a really – a really good connection. I think we're finally seeing what we heard about in preseason. And I'm just really happy for Burrow, man. It's just a good win. You know, not really hearing a lot from A.J. Green. Is he even on the field? He's still there. But I think his his age and his injuries are kind of limiting. I think he's still kind of coming back from last year. So, You know, and then coming from Jacksonville's point of view, with, you know, only scoring 25, not enough to win in this game. Uh, we had Gardner Minshew at uh, 351. Uh, with two touchdowns, um, with DJ Chark becoming his uh, number one, you know, his number one receiver here. You know, eight receptions for 95 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, a couple of LSU guys really uh, pulling it through for this week. Next up, we have Cleveland and, and Dallas. Uh, man, good Lord. Dallas's defense, it's – they need a lot of help there. It's, it really reminds me of what happened with Tony Romo's teams, right? You had great offenses putting up 30-plus, and the defense just could never come up with a solid game plan and a solid stop. I mean, I feel like whenever your offense can put up 30-plus points, I mean, in this game they put up 38, and they still managed to lose this game, um, it's definitely a defensive problem. Right, but I still go back to what I said in week one. Right, where the league today is a thirty-point is good defense league because offenses are, are, uh, I guess more protected as far as the game goes, and you know penalties and tackles and the way you can do things favors higher scoring games. So here you are, it's 30, 49 to thirty-eight, and the question is, can you really say either defense played terribly? Now for this game, maybe that's a bad example, but for other games, you could definitely argue that. Um, so. Baker Mayfield uh, coming out for 19 for 30, 165 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, The big story of the game was Odell, um, five for 81, two touchdowns. He had two rushes for 73 yards and another score. That score, really, that score also brought him into the lead and, and you know, for the final 
throw. That was like it. That was yeah. He that uh, score really put the the nail in the coffin for that game. They really should. They decided to finally feature Odell as the guy, and with no Nick Chubb, uh, who went down last week, he really came in and and stepped up. And I really hope this is the Odell Beckham we see going forward. Um, Jarvis Landry, not a quiet day. Uh, five for forty eight, a touchdown, and. He threw a pass actually for that touchdown. It wasn't just a it wasn't a reception. He actually threw the ball. Then on the other on the Dallas side of the ball, and this is where this is what really kills Dallas, right? You have Dak Prescott going 41 for 50, 58 pass attempts is is insane. Um, five hundred two yards, four touchdowns, and only one pick. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott was really quiet this game. He only had a dozen rush attempts for fifty four yards. Mari Cooper with twelve receptions. 134 yards and a touchdown. CeeDee Lamb, five receptions, 73 yards, and two scores. And the big the big story here, uh, of course, is Cleveland's coming together. And Dallas's defense is just falling apart. Whether it's injuries or what, it's just they need to find a way to not let their opponents score almost 50 points. I mean, I agree. I mean, it's it's it, I, I still stick with. I mean, I know I, I get your point about the league headed in a different direction, but if you score 38 points, you should walk away with the win. Oh, I'm not arguing that at all. I'm just saying we're going to see a lot of you know. There's still defenses out there that's games. doing it, you know. But I mean, for the most part, if you if you're scoring that much on offense, you should win the game. But they're doing it against bad offenses. Like I haven't seen a defense stop a good offense yet this year. Well, that, that's that's the that's the key about Dallas. I mean, yeah, Dallas is one in three, which that whole division. Oof. You know, I, I drew a blank. I'm sorry. But, I mean, Seattle beat them. Um, you know, I mean, Seattle's a good team. You know, we're talking about them next. I mean, it's still – it's just it's just not a good – it's just not a good look when you put up 38 points and you, uh, you lose the game. Yeah, especially when the other team is Cleveland and they put up 49. Okay, so next we have uh, Seattle and Miami. Uh, the final score on that was 31-23, Seattle on top. You know, we had Russell Wilson being Russell Wilson, 24 attempts for 34. I mean, 24 receptions. 24 passes. 24 completed passes for 34 receptions. I'm sorry. Um, still can't get it right. 24 for 34, 360, two touchdowns and one interception. Yeah, Chris Carson for 16 rushes for 80 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, DK Metcalf had uh, four receptions for 106 yards. And then finally, on the Miami side of the ball, we saw what I've been talking about for the past three weeks. Uh, Fitzpatrick came out, and he did the Fitz tragic. Um, you know, 29 for 45 for 315, no touchdowns, two interceptions. He did run the ball for, like, one yard for one touchdown, so it was one of those old goal line stands. But, you know, it, it, there you go. It's Fitz tragic, not Fitz magic anymore. And then you had Devontae Parker for 10 receptions for 110 yards. That's a pretty that's a pretty nice average there for Parker. He's definitely the guy on that team that can give him the most explosiveness. But, I mean, you're talking about Miami. It's still – a big struggle for their offense and finding a quarterback is going to be priority for them. I'm sure in the off season, um, Fitz, Fitzpatrick is that journeyman bench guy who can, you know, give you a little magic. And like you said, he does, he definitely does Fitz tragic. I have seen, we've seen it happen since Buffalo really. And he was there. The next game of course is uh, Tampa and the Los Angeles chargers. Uh, Tampa on top 38 chargers, 31. It was a great comeback win for the Bucs, as much as I hate to admit it because they're in the Saints division. They did a really, really good job to come back at the end of the game and 
you know, coach said they two years like last year they wouldn't have they would have you know gotten blown out, and I think he would be right. So we're going to start on the actually Charger side of the ball because there's a lot of lot of promise there from the Chargers. Their offense is really picking up. Uh, Justin Herbert is a really exciting rookie to watch. He's killing it, dude. Oh yeah, he's 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 he might win rookie of the year. That's possible. I would put him in the discussion at this uh, point. They they would need to win some games, but yeah. I mean, even if even if he wins, you know, if he if he goes five hundred as a starter, he should definitely be in the conversation. Uh, he was 24, 25, 290 with three touchdowns, but he had a really costly interception that pretty much sealed the game for Tampa. Um, Austin Eckler got hurt. Um, he's going to be out for a month or more with a dislocated knee and a hamstring injury. And that hamstring, of course, may actually be worse than a dislocated knee because, well, it's a hamstring. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Tom Brady was 30 for 46, uh, 369 pass yards with five touchdowns. Now, but he did have a pick six. So now listen to the fantasy podcast. I listen to everyone's like, yeah, go ahead and start a defense against Tom Brady. You're pretty much guaranteed to have a pick six. Um, Ronald Jones, 20 rushes for 111 yards. Mike Evans, seven receptions, 122 yards on the touchdown. The Brady-Evans connection is just really – it shows you that Tampa has really changed the culture in that locker room because last year this would have been, oh, all these miscommunications, guys are not sitting on the sideline, not talking to each other. But here's the veteran, Tom Brady, coming in, and he's really able to to bring another level – to the game because not only was he in that Belichick culture, he helped develop that Belichick culture in the locker room as the leader. Uh, Scotty Miller. Who's Scotty Miller? He He's a 5'11 white guy receiver, which is right up Tom Brady's wheelhouse. I mean, he, to me, he's my fantasy sleeper. You know, currently right now, um, if you're gonna, if you need somebody picked up, you know, if you've been injuries, you got COVID out, whatever, you know, if you got somebody that needs to come in for a little thing, if he's still available in your league, he's probably a good pickup for a week or two. Yeah, as long as Chris Godwin's still out, once Chris Godwin comes back, it's going to be kind of fitting to him. But I, five receptions for 83 yards and a touchdown from Tom Brady, and I mean, he's got that, he's got that same build that Brady likes in his his slot guy. I mean, Chris, Hol- Chris Hogan, Julian Edelman. Yeah, just like, just know, like those. Danny Amendola. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, there's a list of them. All right, so that's Tampa and the Chargers. All right, uh, next Pretty week. good game, actually. Yeah, it was. Well, well, when I was slipping back and forth, I mean, I was between that and the Saints game the whole time. I mean, it was a good game because, I mean, I, I really didn't want Tampa to win because it would have worked out for us better in the NFC South. But, you know, good good comeback win for the Bucs. Um, hate to give them credit, but, you know, they deserve the win on that one. Uh, then we got uh, the Ravens versus the football team. <laughs> um, that's how I'll refer to them. I will leave the offensive part out, so I won't call them Washington. We'll just call them the football team. Uh, we have Lamar Jackson uh, finishing out this game, uh, 14 for 21, 193 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. He also had seven rushes for 53 yards and one touchdown. So, I mean, he's really getting it done, you know, through both ways. I mean, we, we can say he's a rushing quarterback, but he's really getting it done through the air and the ground. Um you know, uh, Mark Andrews, uh, three receptions for 57 yards, two touchdowns. It's pretty solid tight end. Yeah, he, he had a lot of dro- – there was a lot of drops and miscommunications, though. I, I, there was, I think, some like four drops that I saw throughout the game. I think Andrews had two. Um, it was just not a – there was some misconnections for Baltimore, and I hope they kind of clean that up a little bit because that's 
that's what's going to separate them from the Chiefs right now? Well, I mean, we saw what separated them from the Chiefs when they played each other a week ago. Yeah. I mean, the Chiefs are 10 steps ahead of them. Well, they're a better, they're better all-around team for sure, and they were prepared for Lamar Jackson. Um, then we had Brown uh, for four receptions, 86 yards. You know, not 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 a bad stat line, but you know, yeah, Marquise Brown is uh, he's he's right there, man. He's just ready to blow up and, and and really get it out there. They need that because that way you've got Brown on the on the deep and Andrews right there in the middle. All right, then we got uh, Dwayne Haskins for the football team, uh, thirty-two for forty-five for three hundred fourteen yards and one rushing touchdown. Um, sorry if I'm looking at my quarterback and I have three hundred fourteen passing yards. I need at least one touchdown there. I mean, you, you threw the ball three football fields and you didn't get it in the end zone. That that's not getting it done as a quarterback. No, you need at least two touchdowns from that. You're you're to, you were totally right on that. In the discussion we had earlier it was just if I can't get two touchdowns, even with an interception, if I can't get two touchdowns in three hundred yards, you know that that yeah, just but statistically. I mean, but he didn't even throw an interception. He he threw three football fields worth of of of, of game. You know, I mean, average if they start at the twenty five, they're they're doing what seventy five yards. So if their average starting positions on the twenty five yard line, seventy five yards, that's two, three, that's four, four times they should have been up and down the field with a chance to put it in the end zone. So that's a lot of failure in the red zone. Yeah, and then on the other side of the ball, uh, the Washington football team, the football team, as you call them. Um, Terry McLaren and Antonio Gibson are too good for that team, right? McLaren is just a special talent. The guy's a great route runner. This is year two for him. He's He is just killing it, right? 10 receptions for 118 yards. And when your quarterback doesn't throw for a passing touchdown, well, there you go. That's the only reason he didn't have one. Um, Antonio Gibson, 13 rushes for 46 yards and a score. Yeah, well, I mean, they, they're going to take a few years. I, I think they're headed in the right direction. Oh, yeah. You know, with... uh. Riverboat Ron coming in as their uh yeah Rivera is gonna get their coach um he's good what they need you know haven't faced him for several years in the NFC South watching him do what he does I mean he's a good coach so I mean they're headed in the right direction um it's gonna take a few years to get there it's just is upper management gonna be okay with being mediocre for a few years well I mean they've been they can been, get there they've been dead last in their division for what. Since they drafted Robert Griffin? Uh, yes, pretty much. I mean, I don't have the exact stats in front of me, but they just haven't, after the RG3, oh, um, one of the most one-sided trades in football history, right? And Cleveland, <laughs> it looks like they're finally managing to turn that into something. But All right, so we got uh, Carolina and Arizona next. Um you know, I guess it was a good game for for, for stat wise. Um, other than that, it kind of felt like a snoozer to me. Um, you know, we had Kyler Murray, um, twenty four for thirty one, one hundred thirty three yards, three touchdowns, and seventy eight rushing yards. Those three touchdowns on one hundred thirty three yards—that's consistency in the red zone. That's pulling it in when you need to do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it looks like he was just running. He was running too most of the game with seventy eight yards on the ground. Um, but then your your number one running back in Kenyon Drake has 13 attempts for only 35, right? Why aren't they feeding Drake the ball 18 times a game? Well, because Kyler Murray's rushing it for 78 yards. Yeah, well, he's he's rushing it out of scramble. There's a difference, right? And I guess this is just me speaking from from a fantasy perspective, having having Drake on my team. You have to have a, a real threat in the backfield. 
Drake can be that guy. I just don't. And with Kyler Murray taking all this, it he's just getting a lot of pressure. And he's a really good runner. He's a great runner. But that's not how you keep a quarterback long term. Heck, dump it off to the running back. If he can get that many yards scrambling, you can sure as heck do some 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 dump offs and check down. I'm just gonna do a quick uh, jump in real quick. Uh, give a live update here. You have a uh, New England just scored a touchdown. Uh, Jarrett Stidham came in for uh, uh, Brian Hoyer and threw his first uh, NFL passing touchdown to Nikhil Harry. Uh, score on that game is now ten to thirteen. Chiefs on top. Continue. Sorry. Continuing. Okay, so on to Carolina. Uh, Teddy B, man. Teddy two gloves. Love Teddy. God, he's so good. I wish we could have kept him in, in New Orleans, but there was no way to keep him in New Orleans. I mean, he's he's starting caliber, and we just weren't ready to move on um, from Breeze at this point. So, I mean, it was a good move for him. He's in, he's in a great position in Carolina. You know, with Matt Rule and uh, you know Brady, Joe Brady, yep. Joe Brady. So I mean, he's in a he's in a great position. He went twenty six for thirty seven for two hundred seventy six yards, two touchdowns. He did throw an interception, but he also ran for a touchdown. So, you know, it was enough for them to help get on top. You know, so I mean, what can you say, right? I mean, you can't say much, but it, it's whatever they're doing down there, it's working. Um, so Carolina eats out a win there over a really good Arizona team, honestly. All right. Next we have another snoozer on the block. Uh the Vikings and the to Texans. The stat line doesn't doesn't tell you it's a snoozer, but it was. Um, all right, so we had Deshaun Watson uh throw for three hundred yards and two touchdowns. Uh Will full of four caught six of those for hundred and eight yards and one touchdown. I mean, that was pretty much all Houston could muster. You know, um, I mean that's not a bad stat line. I, I no, would be but very content. It, I mean, with those there's numbers. no ground game. You know, so you're trying to do it all in the in the air. You, you, you're getting your uh, and Watson can't run because his offensive line isn't as good right. as it was last year. I mean, his offensive year. line is trash, but they still never fixed from the from the Texans even coming into the league. You know, so I mean, that's you're going to keep losing games if without an offensive line. And then you had the Vikings coming in with Kirk Cousins, 16 for 22 for 260 and one touchdown. Um, you know, Dalvin Cook, here he is. You know, he got paid, and he's showing you why. 27 rushes for 130 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, next to Alvin Kamara, Cook's one of the better, best running backs. I mean, you know, you are top five, top three this year. You know, but if I'm doing tape on the on the Vikings, I mean, it's pretty easy to see. You got to cover Adam Thielen and, and – uh, and, and Jefferson, they they combined together for 217 yards out of the 260 that he passed for. You know, eight receptions for Thielen for 114 yards and a touchdown. And Justin Jefferson, four receptions for 103 yards. I'm glad Jefferson had a really good breakout game here. Right? It's his first game as a pro, and he posts over 100 yards. Right? You can see that, that that LSU class from last year is really making because you got Clyde Edwards-Lair over in Kansas City doing – Really good. Joe Burrow just got his first win, but he's also too good for that team. Well, yeah. <laughs> but I think the team's going to coalesce around him and he's going to be able to lead her in the locker room, right? Because he's had that he's had that spot on a winning team and you just carry it over. But I mean, the, the, the Texans were good enough to come out 
and get their coach fired. So Bill O'Brien, first coach on a hot seat uh, that got let go this year. So, so is this the domino effect now? Um, I, I we'll see. We'll see after this week. I mean, because uh, I think if Atlanta comes out and blew and blows another big lead, then I, I think he's next. You know, I mean, I don't know what else to say about that. Moving on to the Rams Giants game. Uh, another real boring game. Sean McVay doing his best Bill Belichick impersonation with this running back carousel. Um, no running back had more than 10 touches. I think nobody had 10 touches total, actually. I think it was all under 10. You can't win a football game like that. Actually, you can if you play the Giants. That's the only reason they won. They scored 17 points against the Giants' defense. They would have lost to any other team. Well, I mean, the highlight of this game did not take place really on on the field of play during regulation time anyway. I mean, there were some extracurricular activities. A surprise MMA fight between uh, Jalen Ramsey and Golden Tate. Can Uh, you blame it? No, I mean, you know, Ramsey did leave Tate's sister knocked up and pregnant and just left, you know. So, I mean, you know, there's some animosity there, definitely. I mean, if I knocked your sister up and then left her. You know, being a multimillionaire and then leaving her high and dry, knowing I could provide for the kid, you'd be pretty pissed too. Well, it's a good thing I don't have a sister and I'm not a millionaire. Well, there you go. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, that, that was the highlight of that game was the big brawl at the end. Um, Jalen Ramsey actually went to the locker room to wait for Golden Tate to come out. Nothing transpired after that. But, I mean, you know, there's definitely some something that needs to be worked out in that situation. Well, they're definitely not going to see each other this season again, so we don't have to worry no, about that. You're, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Another another snoozer. I think that's like three in a row. I think we rocked it up. We have Indy 19, Chicago 11. Uh, the Nick Foles experiment failed miserably. You know, Nick Foles is being what Nick Foles does. He'll come in and win you a game when you need it. And then he gets named a starter and he can't do anything. Yeah, the Bears are just, they're three and one, but it's an ugly three and one. They've had one really good win. The other two have just been like this one, just boring and messy and thanks to the defense. Right, Chicago's defense has just always been good. Can't really think of a year where they haven't. But this year, they're really starting to bail the offense out uh, at this point. And that's really not what you want when other teams are scoring 30 points in a game against other good defenses. So, you know, even San Francisco's defense, would, but again, they're had a lot of injuries. But same thing, the Bears are, are here. So. so let's move on from that one before I fall asleep on it. Okay. Uh, uh I'm glad the Colts are really coming on and Phillip Rivers is doing well. So, Okay. With that said, we have uh, Buffalo 30, uh, Las Vegas Raiders 23. This was a fun game to uh, watch. This is probably one of the better games of the weekend, uh, to be completely honest with you. Um, Josh Allen, uh, 24 for 34, 288. Don't you mean Jared Allen? <laughs> no, no. I actually got it right this week. So thank you for messing me up on that. You know, Josh Allen, two touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. Uh, he did leave the game for um, – he didn't miss any playtime. Uh, he had a kind of a weird fall on his uh, but it was a great non throwing. That was shoulder. such a good play. Like he just he was going down. He's being tackled, and then he just flip passes it forward for ten yards, and they get the first down. 
You know, I mean, he did leave, but he, he came back before he actually missed any time. Stephon Diggs is really, I mean, I, I feel good for him because he got out of Minnesota, but that opened up for uh, for Jefferson to really come around. Yeah, and Diggs, Diggs is on, on a team with a little better quarterback. You know, so, I mean, it was, it was a good move for him. Uh, he had six receptions for 115 yards, and he's pretty consistent on a weekly basis uh, right now. You got Singletary, uh, 18 rushes, 55 yards. Finally out of the fumbling doghouse he was in coming into the season. Then we have uh, Derek Carr for the Raiders, uh, 32 of 44 for 311, two touchdowns. Little known fact, Derek Carr has not thrown an interception in a very long time. He's pretty protective of that ball when it comes coming out of his hands. Now, he does fumble quite a bit. I think he had, he definitely had one lost fumble yesterday. Yeah, well, that was that was more of a, on the defense. Like Buffalo's defense has just gotten really good at disrupting. And the the score, you know, Raiders still getting 23 and – the score tells you a little bit about it, but Buffalo's defense is just one of the top. I think they're better right now than New England's defense when it comes to that division. And I think the Bills are going to be – they're my number 2, 2A, two 2B two with the Ravens right now for the AFC. I, I think they might be better than the Ravens. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're hitting on all facets of it. They have they really the defense. Are. They have the, They have a running game. They have a, have a passing game uh, on a consistent basis. You know, Lamar Jackson will come out and have a good game in the passing, but then next week just completely, you know, stink it up. So, I mean, Josh Allen is a, is a lot more consistent in the passing game than Lamar Jackson. So, I, I would give them the number two team in the AFC right now. Follow, I mean, it's a close third with Baltimore, but it, I think they definitely take the number two spot. Yeah, they have a more consistent. You're right about them being more consistent. All right. Uh, next game, of course, is Philly and San Francisco. We call this... Uh, the battle of attrition because these are the two most injured teams right now in the NFL. And I say that I think it's literally, but I know San Francisco is just missing. I mean, they're decimated. Yeah, they're just on both sides of the ball, just serious injuries. And both teams were playing with practice squad receivers in this game. So that tells you something. Philly's on top of that one, and now they're on top of the NFL. With one win. East with one win, two losses, and one tie. So that's a, a stat line of one, two, and one if you didn't catch that. Um, the next two teams are one and three. You know, really the highlight of the game for me was uh, Kittle. 15 receptions for 183 yards and one touchdown. Well, that's what Kittle does, man. He's just that good. Um, that's why I wasted a second-round draft pick on him in, in, in fantasy. I didn't call it a waste. You know, I'm at, it was for the first two weeks of my season. You know, we drafted late, but it, it was for my first two weeks of the season, he was out. But it was good to have him back. You know, he netted 40 points in fantasy. So, I mean, if you if you were lucky enough to draft him, that's why you did it. Uh, you wrote down here, offenses do not deserve their defenses. They really don't. <laughs> like, these two offenses are just, you know, between injuries and just – I just don't know about Carson Wentz, man. The the jury's still out. You know, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt of injuries this week. I don't think he has that killer instinct to pull the big game out. He has the talent, which which just kills me. He well, has he was, the talent, he was, but he just can't put it together in a big game. I honestly was not paying attention to this game very much. And then, like, the fourth quarter came around. I'm like, oh, it's finally getting interesting. You know, it was like preseason for the first three quarters. They were just trying to – each team was just trying to figure it out against a defense that was far better than the offense. These two defenses are, are both hurt, but they're also able to 
put together something. Okay, so I mean, so that's Philly. For there's Scott. nothing to say, nothing yeah. more to say about that game. Uh, Philly twenty five, San Francisco twenty, and now we're gonna finish out like we always do when we're recapping the games with the Saints versus the Detroit Lions. Uh, this week's a happy week. Yay. You know, Saints finish out the game 34, 35 to 29, which that score is a lot closer than the game than the game actually was. Um, Breeze finished out 19 for 25, 246 yards, two touchdowns. He did throw a pick on the first play of the game for him. It was a tip pass from the line. Not, it wasn't his fault. Not really his fault from a skill point of view. It was more of a, a, a stature, you know, point of view. The, the fact he's, what, 6'1", you know, probably caused that interception more than anything else um well i mean it, it was just you know you get penetration you get your hands up and then it just it, he got a full hand on that ball like it wasn't just a little bit it wasn't a finger or anything like that he got a full hand. like like the worst thing about it is that the guy who actually got the interception did absolutely nothing for detroit for the rest of the game he recorded no tackles no hurries know anything else that was you know first play of the game he reached the pinnacle and that's it you know got his interception and he's done yeah well i mean after this you know you go up 14 points in the first five minutes right this is what this is what detroit did you go up 14 points in the first five minutes of the game all you have to do is maintain well they maintained by giving up 35 points so you know we'll get to the next point we got alvin Kamara, 19 rushes for 83 yards uh, three reception for 36 yards. So, I mean, he netted over 100 yards all purpose. Um, the run game was really on key for the Saints this week. Uh, oh, yeah. And Latavius Mark, Both 14 rushes for this 64 one, yards, uh, two touchdowns. You know, Emmanuel um, Sanders and, and Traquan Smith are finally starting to look like they're playing with Drew Brees. Sanders had six, for, six receptions for 93 yards. Did not get into the end zone. But Traquan Smith did. He got in there with four receptions for 54 yards and two touchdowns. Some nice scores, too. Some, some really good plays. You know, some good catches, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was real good, real good game. Um, you know, let's not forget the lines. Let's go ahead and, and talk about it. You know, Stafford was 17 for 31 for 206 yards and three touchdowns. Stafford always being the – he's really efficient Oh, passer. and an interception. You missed his interception. I you did put that down there. Mm-hmm. Patrick Robinson, you know – Picked him off in the end zone, uh, which stopped another scoring. That was great. That was pretty much their last scoring drive until the last uh, quarter, yeah. you know, until the last seven minutes of the game or so. Then we had Kenny Galladay finish out that for the receptions, four four receptions for 62 yards and one touchdown. And Galladay's just coming back off an injury, but he's still looking really good. You know, Detroit's got – Detroit just has all kind of problems, and I think Patricia's the next domino. Let me ask you this. Patricia or Dan Quinn if he loses tonight? Dan, Qu- Dan Quinn definitely if he loses tonight. Uh, depending on how it happens. And what I mean by that is if they get blown out completely, then no, he, he makes it to no, he makes it another no, week. No, he gets fired if they get blown out. No, he makes it another week. If if it's if, close and they don't choke, if they he go doesn't up, get fired. That's if the they only go way. up by 14 or 17 points and then blow that lead in the fourth quarter again, then he gets canned this week. You know, But, I mean, let, let, let's, let's talk some more about this Saints game, all right? You know, we're both we're both fans of this team, so we can talk a little more about it than we can on other games. We pay more attention when they're on the TV. Drew Brees, he looked no different than he did for the past five years. Yeah. In that game. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, people will tell you that Drew Brees lost some arm strength. That, and, that argument's over. That argument's dead. And, and the reason I, I, I can pull stats up, I don't have them with me right now, but I can tell you for the past five seasons, the Saints have been 
the last in the league in big plays through the air. Because that's not how we win. We win on consistency. You know, we're, 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 we will dink and dunk you down the field, run seven, eight-minute drives, win the time of possession. You know, we have an offensive line that can pull a great rushing game when we stick with the rush, which we finally did on this game. Um, you know, and, and also we didn't have the penalties that we had the last couple weeks, you know. We had penalties. We did. They I weren't mean, really Alex, penalties. Alex Anzalone got dinged for two PIs. One of them was just – Both of them were garbage. They, they were just – I mean, that's how you defend a pass. Both both of those PIs – I think one was a holding, one was a PI. Both garbage, both lies. It, it, it's incredible to me that the NFL can still get away with that. You know, we saw it here while we were watching this, this Kansas City-New uh, England game. Uh, Mahomes threw a little interception right there, but, you know, the, the refs bailed him out by blowing a whistle and called him down by contact. You know, right, in the and grass. I mean, it didn't matter which one was which, right? He just – He threw an interception to – He to, threw an inter- – if he threw it, it was an interception. If he didn't throw it, it was a fumble because it never touched the ground and it ended up in a defensive player's hands before Mahomes – any part of Mahomes' body touched the ground. Yeah, the, the refs are just bad. Um you know, I, I have friends who are, are cowboy fans, which you know, I'm, I'm sorry that they're still my friends. No, you're not. Um, they're okay. You know, but we talk about it, and and you know, even they're saying like, man, it, it's really hard to watch you guys play because you know the Saints are my second team. You know, they're cowboy fans from Detroit Aikman time, and and the Saints are their second team watching. You know, and it's like it's hard to watch the games because it's just so one sided that when when a when the defense is scared to actually defend the pass. Because they're scared they're going to get called for it no matter how they do it. I mean, that that's bad. That's a bad look on the league. I mean, to, to, be, to be a DB on the Saints is, is almost impossible right now. Yeah, it's it's not a – and it's one of those things. It's, it's a cycle, right? The more penalties they commit, the more the refs look for penalties and they find penalties. And sometimes just, just throwing the flag like, oh, of course he did pass interference to the Saints. Right, so – there needs to be I – mean, we need to really look at pass interference. I think we really need to look at the refs. There needs to be some kind of penalty, some kind of punishment for them, you know. I agree. Making bad calls and, and doing boneheaded things. Like if you make a bad call and there's not some sort of fine or suspension or something, then – Especially if it's a, a call that affects the outcome of the game or – you know, changes some uh, momentum around because I mean that—that's a thing. I don't—I don't know if people—people people who haven't played organized sports don't realize that momentum is a thing. Like you can talk about it all you want, but it's definitely a thing. You know, it, it, if a team has a momentum, I mean, they're nine times out of ten they're going to win at, at that moment. You know, I, I think you and I were watching. You know, let's go back a few seasons ago with the no call. You know, as soon as that. As soon as that no call happened, I think I looked at you and I told you that we lost. the Saints lost the yeah. game, regardless of the outcome of the of the field goal kick going into overtime. I looked at you and we still had a minute and a half left, and I told you that we lost that game because of that. Because it, it, if you call that, all of a sudden the Saints are pretty much first and goal. I think it was on the 12 or something like that where the penalty occurred. But if you don't – and I mean it's not one of those things that – it's sure there's like a questionable situation and the ref just doesn't throw a flag fine but something so clear that 
nobody misses it except for the person standing right there watching it happen. There needs to be some kind of punishment for that. And I don't know, maybe the maybe given the coaches of the teams like uh, uh, the ability to like appeal to the NFL, say, look, this was here. This wasn't according to the rules. This is, you know, we want um, we bring a case against this ref or whatever for whatever call. And then there's maybe a fine or something associated with it. I, I don't know how it would work. Because then the last thing you want to do, though, is give any kind of power over the refs to where they can be influenced. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I mean, we, we talk about the refs a lot and I mean, it's hard to, it's hard not but, to I mean, they're, when they're, they're that they're blatantly paid hundreds bad. of thousands of dollars a year. I think it's like 250,000, some, some nice number like that, you yeah, know, but to, call, I mean, to officiate 10 games a year. It's blatantly bad. That's the problem. You know, if it was, if it was a call here and a call there, they messed up, it wouldn't be so bad, but it's blatant and it's across the league. I mean, we talk about the saints, but I mean, it, it's really league wide, you know, I don't think there's a good officiating crew out there, but I mean, let, let, let's, let's not harp on that. Cause I mean, the big topic of this week, um, you know, outside of the recap of the games is definitely our friend COVID-19. As I affectionately call it, the G virus, because it comes from that little communist dictator's See, nonsense. I, my favorite is the Kung Flu. <laughs> you know, I mean, the China virus, um, the Kung Flu. You know, the, Wu, flu, all, Wu Flu is pretty catchy, too. Uh, spicy cold. You know, I mean, those are all they're, they're all good names oh, for it. You know, podcast fun, just got labeled racist. You know, fun nicknames. I mean, call it what it is. You know, yes, it, it it's it's a Chinese flu because it came from China. And no matter it, how you talk it out, if it I, came I from like, I like a, if it came from a lab or it came from a bat, it, it's still the triple C. You know, it's still the Chinese COVID. virus. The NFL finally had their first hit with the COVID nineteen. So I mean, we lost the. Uh, Steelers and the Titans game this week. Uh, the Titans, I don't know what kind of party they were throwing, but like 30 members of the team tested positive for COVID by the end of the weekend. Well, I think it was one of those things where it's like, okay, somebody's got it. Let's just go ahead and say everyone's got it. And then we just get it. Because once you, right now, it just takes your bye week and it moves your bye week, right? I mean, I still don't what, understand how What happens gonna- when a team... Somehow gets three. I mean, I still don't understand how it's going to do that is what I'm saying. Um, Because, I mean, those teams didn't share a bye week. You know, the Titans and the Steelers do not share a bye week. But they're going to play them sometime later in the season. So, I mean, I guess that's going to be maybe there'll be a week in between the playoffs where they run those those games. That might be the what they're going to have to do, because if they start canceling. I mean, I don't know. I don't know the math on it, but if. You cancel five games total during the season because of COVID. That's 10 teams moving their bye weeks around. And unless they share the same bye week, that's five games. It's a games. logistical nightmare. Yeah, it's just, it, it, it's it's the, the way I see it and the way the NFL should have done it, especially because there's there's no conflict at all in these um arenas that they're playing in, you know, in these stadiums and these domes. There's no conflict whatsoever. There's not anything else going on in these in these stadiums. No. Right. I mean there's nothing on the books for these stadiums. You you have you have the ability to just cancel the entire league week. I say cancel, but just push it back a week. Yeah, and then play games on every night of the week. Yeah. Because there's not I mean, yeah, the NBA finals are going on right now, but literally nobody is watching that. 
I mean, I mean, I'm not even saying every day of the week. So I mean, you just take because they they had the they had the um, the call out on Wednesday came for for the uh, the game. So you had enough time in advance to say, all right, this week is over. Let's let's push it back a week. We'll kick off with the uh, horrible game that was Thursday night. We'll we'll play that next week, and we'll just push each week back because we have nothing going against us right now to say we can't do this. I mean, we can even move the Super Bowl back because right now we don't know if the Super Bowl is even going to have fans in the stadium because they're playing it in L.A. Oh, God, that's right. The new, you know, the new so, fans, I mean, the fans in the stadium. I don't know how the NFL is going to pull this off. They're going to have a, the, the Super Bowl in an empty stadium. Well, the good news is the Super Bowl's after the election. So we'll be back to normal after the election. Don't worry about Regardless it. Regardless of who wins. Yeah, it doesn't matter who wins. We're going back to you know, and then, I mean, the testing policy is not the greatest either, because I mean, this took the Saints out. In in the Saints in the Saints situation, in the Saints game, uh, it went on because it turned out it was a false positive. But um, Michael Burton, Saints fullback, tested positive for um, COVID nineteen after they had already arrived in Detroit for the game. They were at the they were at the team hotel at like. Two o'clock in the morning, one o'clock in the morning is when they got the results back. So the Saints ran around, woke everybody up, and they retested everybody. Um, Burton came back with a negative test. So they waited a few hours and they tested him again and he came back negative again. Therefore, the the league said, false positive, game's on, let's play this thing. And and look, you got to, you appreciate the NFL trying to be cautious and everything, but right now the commissioner Goodell just sent a memo to the clubs on Monday saying, hey, Guys, this is another thing. If we don't see compliance with this and people get sick because you're not complying, which is going to be impossible to prove because those masks. They do they, nothing. They only. Well, it's not just the, the efficacy of the masks. It's the fact that the only time anybody's wearing those masks is during the three hours that that game is on the field in a wide open stadium with nobody there. I mean that, and I mean they're not wearing N ninety five masks. I mean they're wearing they're wearing neck gaiters. Yeah, that it's do just, absolutely it's nothing. Things it's just it's it's sand through a pasta strainer is is what they're expecting to be effective. But here's the situation: when they go back in that locker room, when they're in the team meetings, when they're at practices, things like that, those masks are off anytime there's not a camera around. But there's no way to, I would say there's and, no way to prove that the masks are It's not wrong. like they have a hall monitor for masks, you know? If there's these independent hall monitors just going around, just spying on the team, where's your mask? Why don't you have your mask on? You know, I, mean, I mean, you know, and then, then you had, so you got all that going on. They want to find the teams. They want to take away draft picks or make them forfeit Yeah, I think forfeits or, and draft picks are ridiculous. Like, but I, I can understand that Let's say you don't follow policy and let's just say the Titans, uh, for example, because it's this week. Let's say the Titans uh, two weeks from now have another round of positive tests and they have to cancel another game. And then three weeks from that, they have another round of positive tests. You know, then the league says, hold on, you guys are probably not complying. So we're going to send in this team of people to look and see if you're complying. And sure enough, they're not complying. And all of a sudden, the Titans would have been in the playoffs, but now they forfeit all these games. It's a huge hit. I mean, to, I, to say games and draft picks—that's a huge thing. I have a I have a strong suspicion that we're going to be missing some games next week, also, because um, you know we also had two other positive tests I'm, in the I NFL am, this week. And if this is going to happen with any more frequency, every team needs to infect every player right now. Do it 
right now. Well, this is give us a give us a two week. This isn't Tuskegee, man. Calm give down. us give us a two week to get it all out of the system, and then you don't have to worry about it. What what I'm, what I'm getting at before I was interrupted by you know whatever you want to call him over there <laughs> by Tootsie. It was uh so Cam Newton tested positive. That, that's why uh, Brian Hoyer and Stidham is playing tonight. Um, he tested positive. Apparently, he was around no one else on the team because no one else tested positive. Um, and then on the Kansas City side, you had Jordan Tiamu, who was a uh, practice squad player, who ran the scout team for, you know, he was Cam Newton in their scout team. So, I mean, you want to talk about taking your job serious. You know, <laughs> you're going to be Cam Newton in practice and you're going to go ahead and get Corona with him. I mean, that's that's uh... <laughs> that's doing your job. I mean, you know, <laughs> there's no other way to say that. But I mean, I'm copying this guy so much. I got sick, too. You know, but to say that these two players, these only two players on a team of 53, you know, on an active on an active roster, 55 plus what, like a 15 man practice squad now. Whatever so you're looking is. at about 70 players out of, out at of a practice on, on a, you know, on a daily basis. Two out of those 70 is all that caught it. You know, two out of those 140 people that they were around. I mean, you know, they were tackling them in the the, uh, scout team. You know, Cam took some hits. I mean, it's the corona thing. I mean, it's just I'm scared we're going to lose some games next week also. I think it's going to I think it's inevitable, honestly, because you've got. All these people involved in these in these games and these teams, you know, we're talking about for the. For the 22 guys you see on the field on any given play, I mean, you're talking about 300 people in the organization working up and down the sidelines, the fields, you know, this in contact with these players, all the coaches, all the, the strength and conditioning people, the the assistants, all that stuff. It's still good for the NFL to be cautious because you do have some older uh, people out there on the field, you know, some of the refs, um, guys like Andy Reid, you know, he's in that, he's in, he's in the age range. Um, take a look at President Trump getting tested positive, 74, right? The average death age from COVID is 78. Now, the average life expectancy of a U.S. male is also 78. Take that how you will. But the NFL, despite their abundance of caution that they are taking, teams are still, it's still happening. It's a respiratory virus. People are going to catch it. That's all we have for you this week. Um, you know, keep tuning in, you know, like, share, give us some ratings, get us something. Yeah. You know, we would like to get paid for this at some point. So yeah, you know, at some point, I'm sure somebody will throw a dollar or two at us. Give us some feedback. You know, let us know what you like or what you dislike. Um, you know, that's about it. Placement. Like, share. Hit by Hartley. And it is. It is good. It's good.